As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Welcome to the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. Welcome back, gang. As always, I'm your host, The Witch, and on this episode, we're heading back into Asian gang cinema territory with another new guest and 2013's New World from South Korea. And my new guest this week, or this fortnight, I should say, is the fantastic... Is the fantastic... Oh, fuck that word. Is the fantastic... Derek Bourgeois. How are you, mate? How you doing, Witch? It's been a long time. Uh, I'm not doing any killer rap movies this time with you. Like the last time I, when I guessed on Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock, I'm here to talk about some South Korean gangs, you know? So, so this is quality cinema in difference to uh, that terrible, terrible Italian rap movie that we watched. <laughs> yes, it's definitely a totally different quality and definitely better quality for sure <laughs> uh yeah more than definitely now for for the for the folks at home that may not be familiar with your work and first off shame on you at home but could you uh give yourself a brief introduction and let them know where they could find your work yeah you know i'm a lot of my other shows are mostly on uh another network uh you know the horror feeling network which uh is kind of ending this year. It's kind of this is the last straw for horophilia, but uh, those shows are there for the moment. They'll be moving sooner than later, of course. Uh, I have uh, my fr- main show, Cinema Attack, where it's me and my two buddies from YouTube days, and we just talk about movies, and, you know, we pick them apart and just yell at the movie. Like, you know, one of <laughs> us will be like, I love this movie, and the other one will be like, fuck this movie, you know? <laughs> it's like that type of show. Where I'm like, you know, because it was a funny episode. I'll, we'll talk off here about that. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> then, of course, we have the sister show of that, Celluloid Dissections, which is kind of the same thing as Cinema Attack, but we, what we do is me and my co-host, uh, Carly, uh, who you had the privilege to actually record with recently. We, yes, I did, uh, on uh, on the Teapots 2000s uh, Summer Top 10 series. Yes, uh it's kind of the same thing as Cinema Attack, but what we do is we take one movie, just one, and talk about it and break it apart and talk about, like, shit that we loved about it or hated about it. It depends on the movies with those, too. Like, uh, there's an epic uh, <laughs> episode of Legend where I just uh, saying that everybody wants to fuck each other in that movie. <laughs> like, every, <laughs> like, the demon wants to just rape the chick and, you know, the unicorns are just wanting to fuck each other and Tom Cruise is wanting to rape the little forest man in the movie. Uh, see, it's, yeah, it's Legend and you're right. Everyone in that movie has just a real sexual vibe going on as if there's just off offset there's a like a 44 gallon drum of just lube waiting to be sprayed on everyone in the cast <laughs> for real uh, but then of course i also uh yeah that shows a fun one i love doing that one with carly uh getting her to experience films that she probably never experienced any other way besides then you know so that's a good mm. show that i love doing then of course i also have my uh horror show normal room in hell uh pretty fun show we do mike merriman and mr venom 
uh, great guys. And then, uh, I also have a new podcast. It's a little dormant. It's coming back here, here and there. And it's actually called there here podcast, which I do with another female co-host, Lacey Lou from cut to the chase. Uh, just got four episodes of that out. And that's it for my horror affiliate shows. But if you're listening to this on Legion podcast, guys, you should know that I'm a huge kaiju and Asian cinema lover with, uh, my show that I do with Mr. Jerry Heron called underwater kaiju from outer space also with mr venom and mr Donanelli, uh we got a bunch of episodes out i'm a huge godzilla fan and just asian sci-fi fan in general so that's it for my shows if you haven't heard them check them out you know <laughs> boy jingos you say you make that sound like it's just casual that that sounds like a lot of work to me buddy <laughs> uh it, it does but uh it could get a little crazy some weekends but then there's some weekends where i'm not recording at all that's the way you plan these things, you know. <laughs> that, that is true. Yeah, I, I must. You know, I, I try to pack as many as I can into a short period of time. So then I've got you know a few weeks to to edit and release and maybe actually watch movies for fun rather than having to pay like really close attention. Yeah, like last week I didn't watch anything at all for shows. I watched well. Kind of. I watched the, you know, because I'm part of that Teapot series too. I actually watched a few mm. movies for my years that I had to adjudicate for. But other than what that, music I did. You got? 2000 and 2006. I've yeah. got 2006 as well. We're on, that's right. We've got to record 2006 very soon, don't we? Uh, oh no, you're adjudicating. That's right. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, 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 the, I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. <laughs> <part of it. laughs> yeah, well, in that case, we might have to have words after the 2006 episode. Uh, you never know though. No, <laughs> because oh, oh, uh, I did like 2002, like just recently with, with Carly, as you mentioned. And, yeah. and, um, spoilers folks, I wasn't happy with the ending. All right. Just got to say that upright. It happens, but it, it, it's a roll of the dice, you know. Well, look, I think when you've got four hosts, all that come from very different backgrounds, yeah. there's always going to be a situation where not everybody's happy. It, you just, you can't do it. And the 2000s have got, like, there's a couple of years that are really jam-packed. Yeah, like, I was actually shocked because 2006 was actually, like, some of the movies, like, this is the movies that I watched growing up, you know, like, really? Yeah. This is great, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it should be interesting. Anyway, we've completely uh, gone off on a tangent, and there's nothing wrong with that because it happens on this show. Um, as mentioned, <laughs> we are going to be talking about 2013's New World. Now, hand on my heart, um, my experience with South Korean cinema is basically horror movies. So the likes of, obviously, Train to Busan, The Host, Thirst, and The Piper. Um, I've not really seen any any gangster um, stuff out of South Korea, so I was really excited to, to watch this. And when you suggest it was just like yes yes someone's dragging me somewhere new and i was really excited yeah uh i've seen a few of them uh this is probably one of the first ones that introduced me to that subculture of uh south korean crime films and crime films in general it, mm. it just uh like uh when i just read like uh the cover art of this film I was like, from the creator of I Saw the Devil, that was enough for me to <laughs> pick it up alone because I'm a huge I Saw the Devil fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just like, yeah, I mean, uh, just straight away. Like I said, when I read it, like because you suggested it, I went, I vaguely know this movie. And then I like, went and looked it up and went, oh, yep, in, just just lock me in. I'm ready. I want to watch this movie. Um, And, and for those of you at home, I'm now going to play the trailer. It is in, uh, it is in Korean. So just strap in. It's worth listening to anyway. 석동철이 갑자기 죽으면서 지금 그 후계자 자리가 공석이 됩니다. 그래서 
골드문 후계자 결정에 개입하려고 너 나하고 일하나 같이 하자 우리 브라더는 딱이 형님만 믿으면 돼야 오늘 새 오더가 내려왔어요 분명히 마지막이라고 했죠 아무것도 달라진 건 없어 계획대로 프로젝트는 계속 진행된다 우리 뭐하는 개수작이야 이거 진짜 깡패 새끼 다 됐구만 하다못해 저 깡패 새끼들도 날 믿고 따르는데 너희들은 왜날못 믿어 예, 브라더. 내가 이 우리 브라더한테 미안한 부탁을 했어요. 아, 근데 오늘 작전 명이 뭐냐? 신세계. 신세계 프로젝트. enjoyed listening to that it's really if you haven't go watch the movie it's fantastic um this is of course 2013's new world uh it has a runtime of two hours and 15 minutes and did not feel that long no way did it feel like two hours mm-hmm. no, yeah it, it breezes by for me because you just get invested in the story it just it's like an experience there's you watch- so much there's so much going on I think it also helps too. Is like the musical score for this is so good too. Like, the, oh yeah, especially when it, it, it starts, it, starts going yeah, down. It, and shit. It, it drags you in. You know, it's not really. It's not like a big, like loud sort of soundtrack that takes over. But it's there and it's really evocative with what's happening. Like you said, you know, you get to certain scenes. It's like, oh, the music is just doing it. So for those of you that don't know, according to our friends at IMDb, uh, this movie is, as Korea's biggest crime organization, Goldmoon, expands its power, Kang, the head of police investigations planning department, orders an undercover cop, Ja Seung, to participate in the project New World that will take down Goldmoon. Jia Xiong must choose either to follow Kang's orders as to, uh, ooh, to follow Kang's orders as a cop or to keep his loyalty to Jiang Chiong, the underboss of Gold Moon Crime Organization. That, that tells like about a third of the story. <laughs> yeah. There is so much else happening. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this one. It's just, oh, the, the, the hardest thing for me was, oh, I, cause I sat and watched it today, um, Cause I, I, and like I said, I had, I had pretty much the house myself. Uh, I got a day off work and it was all cool. My wife was working upstairs and, and the kids were out. So I sat and I, I watched it and I was like fully engrossed and I was sort of going through my notes. And, um, my wife walked in about two thirds of the way through and started asking me questions. And I'm trying to like explain everything that's going on. She's going, but, but that guy, you know, that guy is, is this and that guy is that. And I, but this and that. And she's just going, Oh no. She goes, I'm just going to go now. <laughs> she goes, I really want to watch it. She goes, we might have to watch it again because I'm really interested, but I just can't pick it up from midway through. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> one of those movies where you like try to explain the plot to somebody and you're like, you can't because there's so much backstabbing and murder. Oh, <laughs> murder and backstabbing and, and intrigue and everything else. So, um, while we're talking about intrigue, uh, it got a 7.6 on IMDb, which is, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's um, a pretty all good things reading. considered. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. good running on IMDb. Um, it, it's not rated, so it doesn't have an R or anything else. So, but I would suggest for the violence, it's probably an R. 
because it's not really not really any sex in it. Yeah, there's no sex. There's there's some violence though for sure. Well, do you just, <laughs> oh, there's definitely violence. A lot of swearing by uh, the main cop character. <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot of swearing. There's a lot of bits of me going. And that word in Korean means this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it was directed by Hyun Jung Park, who uh, obviously wrote and directed this movie, uh, as well as a couple of uh, period pieces. So that uh, the showdown, the tiger, and uh, obviously the action drama VIP, and as you mentioned, I saw the devil. Um, and listen, I've I've seen pieces of I saw the devil, and don't ask me when, but listen, I, I watched the I watched the trailer for it today because it was sort of half of my memory. I went, yeah, I've definitely seen that movie, but there are bits of it that are missing from my memory. Yeah, so I think I'll have to put that on my list to watch again. Yeah, for sure. And uh, he actually just released a new movie this year called The Witch Aversion. Which, Ooh. I saw the trailer, I haven't seen the movie yet. It looks pretty fucking gnarly. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. like a, it's like a supernatural revenge movie with action. <laughs> oh. See, that, that's ticking like all my boxes. Yeah. That's all my boxes. Oh, I can check that one out for sure. Alright, so it stars, uh, Jung Jae Lee as Lee Jae Sung. Uh, he has 42 credits across a range of genres. Um, I mostly remember him from the Along with the Gods series. Um, there wasn't anything else that really stood out to me in his IMDb unless you can point to something and go, he's that dude. Yeah, I didn't actually get a chance to look at his IMDb, but, you know, uh, he definitely looked familiar. I think I did see him in a few other things here and there. He just has, like, uh, him and the the guy who plays uh, the bad guy, Lee, in this, they both look very mm. familiar to me, you know, like I've seen them in other movies. I just can't pinpoint. Oh, yeah, look, definitely cinema. And, like, Lee has got one of the, well, not the strangest, but one of the most surprising credits, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um... So obviously, the other other people in this is uh, Min Sik Choi uh, as Section Chief Kang. He has thirty two credits uh, to his name. Obviously, Nameless Gangster, Rules of the Time, which I'll be doing on this show at some point in time. Um, and of and of course, two of South Korea's most famous revenge movies, Old Boy and Lady Vengeance. Yeah, and you know, love those movies. Yeah, and he's also uh, from I Saw the Devil. He plays uh, the serial killer That's right, in yeah. that film. Yeah. Yes. yes, but like I said, uh, I mean, listen, for me, it's Old Boy and Lady Vengeance. Uh, yeah, I, that's lo- I love did. Lady Vengeance and Old Boy. Oh, oh so yeah. good. Yeah, really, really top-level movies. And you can hear a uh, a really good review of all three of those movies uh, over on uh, the podcast Under the Stairs by our friend and uh, multiple guests on this show, Duncan McLeish. So go and check that out if you're interested. Um, oh, yeah. It also it also stars Jung Min Huang as Jung Chang. Uh, he... Didn't do a lot. He, he was in Bittersweet Life in 2005, which will be on this show. And apparently he played Superman in A Man Who Was Superman in 2008, which is apparently a very touching story. I never heard of that, but uh, like I was reading that comment on your post, and I'm like, yeah. I was like, I had to check that out. That sounds actually interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, I sort of did the same thing. That that was obviously by a uh, good friend of uh, the show, Robert Ward, uh, who listened when he saw that I was barrage of links and information about that. So uh, shout out to you, uh, Robert. Thanks for your your stuff because it really helped out. Now, finally, Sung Wong Park as Lee Jung Joo. Um, he has fifty six credits to his name. My most of it's TV, but the one thing that really stood out, he was in, he, well, is in the Korean version of Life on Mars. Now, I don't know whether you would have, so you, oh, you yeah? I'm guessing you've probably seen the American version of Life on Mars. 
Oh, I'm a big oh, fan of the BBC thank goodness, because the BBC too, version though. is awesome. Um, but yeah, so there's a Korean version that was done in 2018, and he was in that. He was like the title character in Life on Mars. That'd be, I'm curious to check that out. Probably, it's definitely probably better than the American Sadly, version. Sadly, the American version was not good. <laughs> Just not good. Yeah. Um, but the BBC version, it was rad. Absolutely. That whole, like, series of shows that they did, um, was fantastic. Uh, I might have to talk to someone about that at some point. And he also did The Gifted Hands in 2013, which again will probably be on this show. Um, so. Given that this was this was your your pick and you sort of called it out and pointed to the bleachers, why this movie? Why why this movie for, for to talk to you know on this show? Because uh, I saw this back when it first came out. I think it was it came out here in the states either late 2013, 2014, and you know I was expecting something a little bit different at first, and then what I got was a well-acted series, like, take on the crime movie, and, you know, I wasn't expecting that with this film at first, and it kind of took me back to, this was one of the films that kind of showed me cinema at the time, that it was like, you know, the same thing with, like, Battle Royale, it took me in, where this was something I'd never seen before, and, you know, it was like, wow, this is fucking great, and, a lot more people should experience, like, these films. It just absorbed me, and then my mouth just dropped when the end and the climax happened. I'm like, holy <laughs> Yeah, now, now, for anyone who's not prepared, uh, we are going to spoil this movie. All right, so I'm going to talk about what happens. So if you don't want don't want it to be spoiled, and, and look, hand on my heart, you should watch this movie before listening to, to us talk about everything that's in it, because it is worth it. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the absolute ending was just like, oh, my gosh. It's just, <laughs> everything just like, oh, so good. So, so good. I mean, it was, like I said, having watched it, obviously, you know, I, I, I suppose for me, I really like Japanese crime dramas. So like Yakuza dramas, um, where you don't, you don't often see, um, the policeman, you know, the undercover policeman story. You get it occasionally, uh, but they tend to be sort of more gang versus gang. The Chinese ones, definitely there's, there's always a, uh, an undercover cop who's like caught in it. But to get this level of like yeah. undercover cop who's watching an undercover cop who doesn't know he's an undercover cop, who's actually been <laughs> managed by another undercover cop who doesn't know about the other two. And it's, oh my God, so much. Oh, so, so good! So good. <laughs> like, oh, it's just like I said. After I finished watching it, like I, I wanted to just like sit and watch it again, just so I could go. Okay, now I see it. I see where. The, and it's like no, no, no. Just sit and write your notes. Write your notes. It'll be okay. You can come back to it. Um. Oh. Yeah, like because uh, it's been a while yeah. since I watched this one, and uh, <laughs> I, I forgot about like the the one dude that gets killed with the oh. shovel that was actually an undercover cop too. I'm like, holy <laughs> fuck, that was crazy because. I got that experience again. That's always a good thing because then you sometimes forget shit in movies and remember. Like, yeah, oh, whoa, shit. that happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, listen, so many, you know, just that. And even, uh, and we'll sort of get into it, but even like the way that whole sequence, sequence ends when they're like just kicking the barrels off full of concrete and you see like the top of someone's head just. <laughs> Just like with in, with the hair sort of stuck to the concrete, and you're going, "Are oh, they serious about this shit?" And they're just like kicking them off into the ocean, and they're like throwing their profiles. It's like, "Oh man, it was so good, so so good." Um, now weirdly enough, apparently there was going to be an American remake of this, which oh, I, you know, I'm so glad there wasn't. 
I am too, but you know, I could see them doing one of the story, and it would probably be yeah. half as good. Yeah, it, and and I think part of that is is cultural, and I know that sounds like weird and a little bit, but like I said, you know, you get the Asian crime dramas, and there is quite often, you know, lots of the 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 element of the the torn policeman. Um, you know, half the stuff that yeah. Chow Yun Fat has done, you know, he's the torn policeman working undercover or doing something like that, and it really works. And, and the everything that goes with it, you know, the the weird civility about how they operate and everything else, you try and translate that into, um, I think a Western aesthetic where you've got potentially like mafioso or something else like that. It doesn't work. It just doesn't it doesn't have that same feel. I mean, sure, you know, you've got the likes of a Donnie Brasco or something else like that, which is, you know, legitimately good movie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think you're gonna get that yeah. level of, you know, of undercover cop versus undercover cop that didn't know it's undercover cop. Like that twist and turn that is in this movie. You're just not gonna get that in a Western movie. Unless it was like made by Scorsese or somebody, because he's the the one who remade Internal Affairs and just mm, departed. Which, and look, the departed yeah. legitimately good movie. But, and again, it's yes. Scorsese. You can't, you can't really go too wrong with Scorsese. And plus, he's always a big fan of the Western, uh, like the Eastern. He loves a lot of Asian mm. cinema too, so he keeps that sensibility to respect the original to make his own movie yeah. too out of. Yeah, you, you you get you get his interpretation, but it's not. It, it's just Westernized enough that it's familiar, but you still got. I suppose the this sounds really weird, but the Asian soul in it. You know, it still feels the same. Yeah. Um, no, so we might as well sort of get into into the beats of the movie and normally while I'm chatting I usually sort of throw in the occasional clip uh, we're talking about it given that this is all in Korean that's not going to happen uh, so, so we'll just sort of chat through um, <laughs> I said I, I recently did uh, did an episode with uh, with Liam on a girl gang movie um, and it was a it was a Japanese girl gang movie from the 70s and the only clips we played was there's a couple of scenes um, that are in a nightclub and they sing in English um, and it's so weird yeah. Uh, and they were the only clips I played just for the fact that it just sounded so weird. But sadly, folks, there'll be no clips during, during this bit again. Um, if, if you want to get the feel for it, absolutely watch this movie. So. As we mentioned, um, this is a crime drama. It's about South Korea's largest corporate syndicate. Um, we're sort of introduced on a fairly brutal sort of scene where they're, where they're basically beating the living daylights out of what, what they believe is a rat. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And just, oh, you know, giving him an absolute hiding. The thing was, like, you, you see him straight away. He's all bloody. You know, he's like, no, no, it's not me. And they're like, no, don't believe you. Don't care. And you go to the next, like, the next bit is where they're, like, smashing, I presume, his toes with a hammer. And then, yeah. and then forcing him to drink what we learn is cement with a funnel. Yeah, it's a funnel cement, yeah, that was great. <laughs> was like, yeah, wow. don't don't slow down. Just go straight into the uh, the violence and the killing. It's just like, okay, I think I know what to expect now. Uh, and you know, they they fill up the drum full of concrete and just dump it out in the bay. And it's just, oh wow. But we then learned that um, the police have uh, obviously been trying to to break down uh, the Gold Moon organization, uh, and that the chairman uh, Seok Dong Chul, I think, is what it was. Oh, oh Seok, uh, who was what they sort of mostly he uh, that obviously you know taken him to court and everything else, and you know he's managed to get off because they're criminals and you know they've got good lawyers and everything else because there's a lack of evidence. Um, and as they're driving away from the city, um, 
they're just about to turn into an intersection and his car is hit by a very large truck and uh, and and kills him. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Guys drive up next to him. Yeah. Winds down the window. For the life of me, I don't think I saw that movie, that guy for the rest of the movie. I, yeah, I'm not sure. It, it could have been, it definitely seems like it was like he was part of the organization, I'll say, but yeah, we never see him for the rest of the movie, I think. Well, maybe, because yeah. it's dark too. <laughs> we probably may be dead, maybe if yeah. I rewatch it again and really look at him, you'd be like, okay, yeah. it's that dude. <laughs> it's that dude. Because, you know, this sort of, it sparks <laughs> off that question about who did it, you know, which, which, which up and coming sub boss, you know, has decided to bump off the old man to, to try and take control. Um, and then we sort of, we go through obviously seeing the, the, the two separate factions of, um, so we got, uh, Jung Chung, who's like from the, the Chinese faction or the Chinese descendant faction of the gang. And then we've got Lee, who is like the Korean faction of the gang. Um, and then there's like all the old guard in there. And then we find out that, um, this is where it gets really confusing. Um, I, I, I'm like literally reading what it said. And I'm going, I can't remember that bit. Uh, we've got Jang Jang Sung, who is who's the undercover policeman, and we eventually find out that while he's a he's a made man, he's the second in charge to the head of the Chinese faction. Um, he's actually like an undercover cop who's been undercover for eight years. Um, and, and I'm going eight years. Oh my god, that's yeah. so slumped. You know, no wonder he was like completely lost because, um, the way his boss, who is like the, the head of the department, way, because he's obviously getting, you know, getting in the face of all these, all these gangsters and everything else. And, you know, he's still, he's still trying to manage him. And obviously he told him that after this job was over, you know, he'd get a release and he could, he could leave with his wife and an unborn child. And straight away, as soon as he says that, it's just like, he's not going to go. He's nuts. He just knows straight away. It's just like, you know, it's like the cop that dies on the the day he's going to retire. You know, (laughs) it's just like, you're just not going to make it, buddy. Um, yeah, but I'm just, this again there's so much going on you know you we see you know a whole board meeting and this is one of the things that really fascinates me about um the asian gangster movies as i said it's it's very civil you know it's all very corporate um and you know you know they have they have very civil meetings and they go and you know the elders are there and they make decisions and all the young gangsters are in the back but they're very respectful and uh and as soon as they walk out of there it's just like no it's guns out everyone's just gonna gonna get a piece of it and it's just oh and you've got you've got yeah i love how i love how lee's like yeah, I'm gonna go. I got business to do. But then later on, when they're like going to the parking lot after the one meeting, he just starts like legit fucking with Chung. Like mm. you know, like they have that car that's about to drive into them. And you know, I love how Chung so all of friend like stop. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, and then, and then Lee rolls down <laughs> his window. And he's like, oh, it's oh, such a bad driver. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. You don't know how you got your license. And the driver's just in the front going, "Yeah, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, you know, you've got, and it's quite clear that, you know, and even then, like, there's, there's racial undertones in there between, you know, the, the Korean or the South Koreans and, you know, the Chinese born, um, element that's in there that clearly they don't get along. And there's a few racist comments that I read in the, in the, in the subtitles. Just going, okay. Uh, Sorry. 
we've now got basically what we think are two elements obviously fighting to control the organization um and, and like you look at lee and lee is like the the quintessential like professional gangster you know he looks good he's very calm you know he doesn't get his hands dirty he knows what's going on and he's got complete control and then you go to the other side um and you're looking at, at like jung and he is like he's just out of control he he's like you know the the wild boy like you know just do whatever I want I got plenty of money buying fake Rolexes just yeah he's just he's the Sunny Corleone in this shit like he just goes crazy <laughs> like after that scene that I was talking about earlier with the car like he's like let's just go get pussy man come on Jungle <laughs> I know you're yeah, married but let's just go yeah let's just go get pussy go on we'll just do it we'll just go get messed up we'll go get something then we'll get messed up and we'll have pussy and it's just <laughs> oh. But, you know, that's like him the whole way through. And it's just like, yeah, you know, he's the kind of, he's that, you know, the, the young buck gangster that you see in, you know, a lot, particularly a lot of the Japanese movies, um, the Yakuza movies. There's always one that's just like, ah, uh, and you got to do so. And then, you know, you've got the complete opposite. And then stuff gets, starts to get really messy, uh, like messier than they already are when Jung decides, um, that he's going to uh, pay some Chinese hackers to try and get evidence against, like, uh, the head cop uh, to try and work out how to obviously get at him to stop it. Meanwhile, Lee's, like, just doing his own stuff, and he's watching Jung because he knows that Jung's, like, a loose cannon. And, you know, there's a whole sequence of back and forth. We get introduced, obviously, uh, Jia Song's go instructor, who is also his handler, Um and that's all, you know, that's all I can. We, like, he's getting more orders and being told what to do. And he sort of, he works out that he's already sort of been dragged further and further in. Um, and, you know, there's a whole lot of, again, back and forth uh, because Lee gets arrested, mm-hmm. um, for like, for basically all the same things that, um, the original boss, Siok, uh, had been charged with. Like, the, the, I keep wanting to call him something else. I can't think what his official title is. What is his official title? Hang on. He is... He's Section Chief Kang. He's the Section Chief. We're going to keep calling him Section Chief. The Section Chief uses all the charges to basically take him against Lee to to move him off the table to try and obviously destabilize everything before they have a vote. Mm -hmm. And then the way he tries to... like The way he uses his information to offset Lee and Jung against each other... It's just like, oh, man, it's doing my head in. Yeah, it's like a fistful of dollars, man. He's just trying to get them to oh. fuck each other up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. it's just crazy, you know, and there's... Uh, K- yeah, Kang's yeah, a very interesting a- character in this movie in general because he's even back singing Jung Su by going against him talking to his wife, you know, like there's that scene where they... Yeah. Came- like earlier, he's like, I got this, some toys and a mobile for you. I heard it was a boy. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, how the fuck did you hear that? And then find out his wife's been telling him spying too. I'm like, what the fuck? The fuck? Yeah. And, and, the, and because her, he's, his wife's father was a junkie and obviously that he's pulled him out of some mess. He's now got control of her. And it's just like, oh my God. So he's got his wife spying on him. Um, he's also got his own handler. And then we later find out that he's second in charge. He's also so an undercover cop. I was just like, oh, <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's crazy. Just, like, 
It's just crazy. And then, you know, obviously this, this all escalates through, um, and, and we get the bit where, um, Jung tries to pay him off, tries to pay off like the inspector off, you know, with, uh, with, uh, what is it? The mooncakes? Yeah, mooncakes full, full of money. Yeah. Full of, full of American dollars. Cause it's all clean. I'm going, eh. and then I had to go online and look at what, what mooncakes were made of. Um, and they sound kind of delicious. Um, but they probably good. don't have money in them. They, they look pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you get that. And then obviously, you know, he's had pictures taken of him, which he then uses to, out of context, to show to Lee to go that, ah, see, he's telling us all your secrets. You're screwed. Um, and, you know, things just escalate and escalate. And this is the point where Jung finally gets all the information back from the hackers and he finds out who the, who the undercover cops are. And he brings in the guys from, yeah, where was it? It was some weird province. Um, what do you call them? Hang on, the hobos look it up again. The hobos, but they're from. Um, he actually said it. He said it. He said where they're from, and I can't remember. But it, it's like an independent prefecture. Um, the, like, but they're all bumpkins. Like you look at them, you go, "They're just country guys." But they're just, like they're obviously just. He's pulled out the most random, non-connected gang of guys ever you, you to know bring them in. You know, it's weird. Those guys actually look very familiar to me. Yeah, uh, there was a couple, but uh, the guy that was in charge, like the the front guy, yeah. I reckon I've seen him in something else, um, and I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, he, he, they definitely looked familiar. Like I've seen them in other movies, like those three guys in general, like four, but three of them, like they kind of look Thai. They looked like they might have been in a lot of Thai movies. Yeah, possibly. Well, it's, like, it's really weird. So that was uh, they were they were the Yanbian hobos. Yeah, and the weird thing is like so. The Yanbian Korean Autonomous Prefecture, which is a mouthful in itself, basically sits at the top of South Korea. Oh, sorry, at the top of North Korea. Oh, the dark um, place. Yeah, well, it's sort of like right next to like like Vladivostok, and then obviously you know um, like China um, in that. But yeah, it's like this. It's this weird chunk of like South Korea um, that is like, it, but at the top of North Korea. Oh, so it's like Alaska. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit like Alaska. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's like this weird independent state that it, it's a weird independent Korean state that is like way over the top of like North Korea and like next to, like I said, you know, like the the bottom of Russia and, and China and everything else. So they've come like, which means they've come all the way like probably around North Korea to come in to shoot them. So you know they couldn't have been from further away if they tried. Yeah. Um, and you know, they, they go and look, that whole scene where they go to attack the, his, his go instructor, who is his handler, you know, and they, and they sort of, they're all like bumbling the way in and she shoots one of them right in the head. And it's so good. She's yeah, just got a so, gun. No one said there was a gun. I didn't even know there was a gun. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it was great and so tense. The whole, mo- all, that's when the tension started for me. Oh, yeah. And it, it just so escalates good. from there. It just escalates. Um, so, you know, eventually, obviously, they, they capture her, not without, obviously, a fair bit of damage. Um, and, and then, um, uh, Sung is, is summoned to obviously to meet, um, with Jang because, you know, he's got something to tell him and, and, you know, he goes to the warehouse and you can see he's already nervous. You know, he's all sweating and everything else. He's going, and like, you know, he's telling him that he knows that there's, there's a mole and doesn't know what it is. And then when, when they deliver the barrel and he looks inside, the look on his face is just like, oh, fuck. I am so rumbled. Yeah. I am so rumbled. And it's just, 
you know, and, and, you know, um, sorry, I'm getting really excited. Um, and <laughs> Jung's, you know, there with the file and he's going through and he's, you know, saying who she is. And then that's when he says, you know, oh, there's another one. And yeah. the look at his Bam. face is like, yeah. And just with that shovel, yeah. Bang. And the look on his face is just like, what the fuck? And he's like, what? And he like grabs, yeah, he just like grabs the file and it's like, this guy is an undercover cop as well. And it's just, oh, and look, I'm there going, you what? You fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's just, and, and, and you know, then obviously, you know, they they get dragged away, and there's a scene where the hobos, uh, you know, he tells the hobos to just take care of them, and you know, they're clearly they were going to rape her and then kill her, or kill her then rape her. Um, anything was possible with those guys, and he goes over and basically just shoots her in the head to save her any further suffering, and obviously cover up, cover up for himself. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, and then yeah, it's, it's sort of you go from. You know, that which is, you know, obviously, you know, full on and you sort of, you, you try to take a breath <laughs> just for a minute and then, you know, it goes in and, you know, again, Kang's still trying to like, you know, the, the chief's still trying to throw in little bits between Lee and, and, and Jung trying to get them to fight each other. And just as, you know, you think it's all sort of beginning to sort of tie in, you get the biggest gang fight in that car park. For like, oh. like you almost you think it's going to be a repeat of the the bit you saw earlier with Lee in the car, where someone like just stops and he they just plow straight into him, and guys come out of fucking everywhere. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like it mm. ends in like an elevator, and everyone's just fucking stabbing each other. It's oh. fucking insane. It's yeah, absolutely insane, you know. And then you know, like, but he Jung Sung's like, "Oh my god, what am I going to do?" And it's it's all full on. And then it cuts back to his apartment, and you see his wife, and like straight away, like my heart was in my mouth. I'm going, "No, no, she's she's pregnant. You can't kill a pregnant woman. No, 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 no. don't kill a pregnant woman." And, and and like you know, they're following her, and you know, she closes the door, and then they open up the door, and there's like twenty cops standing behind her, and, and then you sort of see the look on her face and the blood running down her leg and you realize that obviously you know she's she's had a miscarriage and then yeah. it's just like oh fuck this is just like so full on you know and then he he um sorry um justin goes obviously to see her make sure she's okay you know the doctor says it was stress and shock and everything else mm-hmm. he doesn't know what happens and this is the point where um obviously like jung's like mortally wounded and um and he's, you know, goes to see him in the hospital and, like, Jung knows that he's an undercover cop, but, like, they're brothers, you know, they're, they've been friends for eight years and he didn't want to, obviously, you know, roll on him. And, he, you know, he says, basically, you need to make a decision. You need to decide whether you're going to stay a cop or you're just going to become a gangster. I did and, like that reveal, too, that he you know, knew the whole time. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, he had he had the file and it was in his in his safe. You know, and he he didn't tell anyone, no one else knew. And it's just sort of like, you know, and, you know, just you need to make a decision. Like knowing full well he's gonna die. You need to choose, you know, who your family is and everything else. And he's and you know, yeah, there's a there's a present for you in my safe. And, you know, then obviously he, he dies and, and, you know, Justin goes back to his office and finds the evidence. And and you can like the look on his face is just like Oh fuck! You know he could have killed me. He would have. He could have killed me. Had every reason to do it, and, and he and he let me off. And uh, that's the point you, where you think you know he's he's decided what he's going to do. Whether he's going to try being a copper or 
like fully embrace being gangster. You know, in the in and of course underneath that, the Chiefs already lined up someone to basically support him to become the the head of the family with some other old school gangster that they've clearly owned for a period of time. Yeah. And again, another element you're going, so this guy's he was in the, their pocket as well. And you know, it leads into the 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 I suppose the climax where um, you know, they're in the in the boardroom and all the old school guys are sort of looking around and everything. And then there's like a phone call to say that um, basically Jung's dead um, and that now they find out that also that Lee's dead because he got out of prison and they basically took him and threw him out of a building. Oh, I love that scene too where he's like building up and he's just sitting there like, anybody got a smoke? It's kind of an ongoing joke where he has to ask people for cigarettes. <laughs> for the yeah. Come yeah, on, just right. one last smoke before what a good day to die. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I've got nothing else to lose. I might as well have a smoke. And then you just you just sort of see the body go, Wah! and then look down, and he's just uh, it's just yeah, just street pizza everywhere. And it's just like, yeah, he's done. And then you know it flashes through, and basically Jung's in. Uh, so, sorry, Jassel, um he's in charge, and it's just like, and, and the way that happens, like the room just fills with all these. All his men. Um, after double crossing the, the old guy who, um, was in the pocket of the chief because the old guy was going to kill him anyway. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my God, because I thought legit at that point in time, I thought he was dead. I thought the old guy was going to kill him, take over, and that'd be, and it's just like, no, no, no. No, no, no. You didn't say that word. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so good too. Like just when uh-huh. that reveal, like when you see the end, like the the hobo guy just walking to the fish place where they always met Kang. I'm like, oh no, holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. You know that it's just like he is now. Like Jasung is like he's closing every every door. He, he's like every thread is being cut. And, and even like, even like the chief, he's just like, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. He's like, I can't believe that he actually had the nuts to do it. And then you just see him face down in the water. It's, yeah. He's dead. Oh, yeah. And they again. kill the, the other chief, like the head dude too. Like they just roll yeah. up on him and blast him in the head. You know? Oh, it's just, again, this is like just completely clearing house. And then, you know, he's obviously now the head of the, head of the organization. And then you get a weird flashback to like six years before, which is obviously when um Jasung and and Jung did their first job, uh, and you know they beat up the room full of armed men with with their knives, uh, and and it's like, yeah, can you give me a smoke? And their lighter doesn't work. And it's just like, wow. I I did like that because it kind of showed him that he was kind of into the crime shit right from the very beginning. You know, yeah. Yeah, he, 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 he wanted to be part of a family and that's what worked. You know, he had someone at his back and that guy was his brother. You know, he, he, he said he was his brother the whole way through the movie and it's just like, yeah, that was kind of cool and a bit funny too. Yeah, it was a transverse saturation where the bad guys, who you think of the bad guys are actually the good guys and the guys <laughs> you're working for who are supposed to be the good guys are fucking assholes. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, they were all about the political climate. All they wanted to do was get control of the organization because you knew that they were all probably fucking corrupt anyway. Yeah. They just wanted a, they just wanted a piece of it and to get control of it. And like I said, that's, um, it's the, it's the kind of movie that I really like where it's like, you just don't know what to expect. There's always something new coming at you. And, and really, I think South Korean cinema does that a lot. Like, there's so many movies that you see. Like, like for me, it's sort of probably more horror movies and more recently, but there's always something that you just didn't expect. Mm-hmm. 
That's for sure. Really, really, really cool. All right. So for me, my favorite scene out of the whole movie um, is probably I think the gang fight and the and particularly the elevator scene. Just like those guys, just with the knives and everything else, just going crazy. And there's blood everywhere, and they're just oh, absolutely going to town. And, and you know, you look at a Jung, and he's not going down. He is not. He's just a like, just going crazy. It's so cool. It's so awesome. That's it. I would say that's probably my favorite scene, but I'll give you another one if you want. Uh, yeah. My favorite scene in general is just that sticks with me the whole time is just the whole climax where everyone's just getting taken out. It's like, it's very, uh, reminiscent of like old crime movies in that sense. It's kind of like the Godfather mm. scene where mm. everyone's getting taken out. You know, it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you sort of go on, okay, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? And, just, and, and, mm-hmm. and everything's sort of, yeah, like that, that weird sequence of events that's just gone do 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 bang, do 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 bang, do do bang. And it's just like leading up to this. Oh, again, fully agree that really, really good. Um, for me, I think leader of the pack, so call that for the movie, probably, uh, Jung Ming Huang as, as Jung Jung. Like he for me, him is the the this the devil may care gangster, you know, buying knockoffs and just laughing and slapping people and drinking and going, let's go get some pussy. He was my favorite, absolutely my absolute favorite out of the whole movie. Yeah, he's definitely my favorite too. Uh, and I I can't give Chow Min Sik a. I gotta give him slot. He plays a, we're usually used to seeing him play characters that are living for vengeance. And he plays that cop character, asshole cop character so well in this movie too, though. Chow yeah, really, sick. really subtle, really quiet. You know, like, and it's, it's very, like you say, he does, he plays revenge characters normally. And, you know, he's usually quite intense, but this is really underplayed. Look, it's really quiet. And it's just like, no, this is what we're gonna do. And you're gonna do it. And if you don't like it, well, you're gonna die. <laughs> He's just a great actor in general, though. He's like probably one of the best Korean actors out there, in my opinion. That yeah, fully agree with this that. game. All right. Um. So again, just a big shout out to to our friend uh, Robert Ward on Facebook. Uh, he said he loved this movie, and now I understand why. Um. I give it five out of five. Uh. What about you, mate? The same five out of five. I fucking love it. All right, there you go, folks. Uh, get over the... Is it the two-inch wall? Isn't that what we're all supposed to... Get over the two-inch wall? Um, <laughs> that, that is subtitles? Uh... <laughs> Absolutely, 100% worth a watch. Do it, do it now. Um, so before I close out the show, just very quickly, uh, folks can find you on, uh, Legion Networks and on the Horophilia Network. Yep. And what about Twitter or Facebook? Uh, Facebook, uh, you could check me out, Derek Bourgeois. I'm cool. I'm a friendly dude. And you could also join the Cinema Attack slash Celluloid Dissections Facebook group, too, where I do a lot of interaction there. But we just don't talk about horror movies. We just don't talk about sci-fi movies. We talk about every movie over there, guys. Twitter, not really, at bougie 86 I don't really use it, though. But you can follow me on there, too, if you want. Okay, there you go. And as I said, folks, definitely worth getting uh, getting into uh, Derek's work. He does a whole lot of fantastic stuff. And uh, you will get exposed to some stuff that you didn't even know existed, to be quite honest. Yeah. For sure. Mm. All right. Coming up in the next episode in two weeks' time, we'll be taking a trip to the wild, wild west with another new guest to discuss 1980s The Long Riders. So be a good fellow, leave a rating or a review on whatever app you're using to listen to the show, and make sure you share it with the rest of your gang on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram as GOHpod or at www.gohpod.com. Most of all, make sure you say hello to your little friend for me. 우리 어디 가서 떡이나 존내 치자 응?